we often mention around here, uh, welcome back to We Were Gamers, a podcast in the midst of a non-ending, never-ending, would be the correct term, heat wave, that uh, has sparked a new wildfire near Michael and I. Hey, Michael, how's it going? Pretty good. Um, uh, can fortunately, you we're yeah. Well, I was going to say, fortunately, we are not under the uh, the pall of smoke. But I got a pretty good picture earlier of. Uh, well, I saw the fire like five minutes after it started, and then within a half an hour, I got a pretty good picture of the mushroom cloud that it was forming. And further from the fire, and able to breathe, probably uh, JJ. Welcome. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, no fire near me, although the greater San Diego area, I believe, has uh, one or two going on somewhere. Uh, quite a bit smaller, though, um, than the the big, big ones that have been going here in California. Yes. Uh, safe thoughts to everybody that's out there that's working on these fires or near them, etc. They have already been... Uh, this one down here has already caused a few injuries, so... Um, just, you know, be safe, people. Don't do dumb things near flames. They can move faster than you think. And hey, actually, public service announcement. If you have drones, don't fly those near the fire. What the hell are you doing? Stop that. Very important that you super (laughs) don't do that because those there be those drones being there prevent the fire department legally from being able to dump water from helicopters on those fires if they see one drone they have to take all the helicopters that are in the air and turn them away from one jerk guy who wants to get a sweet picture for his instagram you will cause the fire to burn down another house or something so please don't do that good psa there um yeah just be cognizant that fire crews emergency crews are there for your benefit and not uh for your entertainment is that that's a good way to sum that up i think yes absolutely all right well moving on um wow it was a it was a good weekend until the heat wave came back uh overall i i hope you guys had a good time i don't know what you've all been up to but that's why we're here on mondays to check in with one another on a podcast <laughs> how'd you guys do not bad um there was uh we had some family in town nice my my mother-in-law was in town for the weekend just to visit and we had a, a good time sort of just taking it easy with her trying to avoid the heat as uh, as best we could we went up to um, the Skirball Cultural Center. I don't know if you guys have ever been up there. It's uh, r- basically right around the corner from the Getty. I've driven past it many times, but I don't think I've ever actually been inside. Yeah, it was my first time having been there too. But we went because right now they have a uh, big exhibition on Jim Henson oh. and his his oh. work. Jim Henson, along with probably Mister Rogers would be two of probably the most underappreciated influences on television. And I say that knowing that a lot of people talk about Mr. Rogers and his influence on television, but Jim Henson as well. There's also recently been a movie about Mr. Rogers or a documentary or something. Oh yeah. Yeah, It just came out actually. It's Mm -hmm. in theaters right now. Yeah. And I still think that doesn't do enough justice for those two guys are 
or you, you, they could definitely fill a few different autobiographies or biographies on how much they've done for television and uh, in general children's programming. It's amazing. Um, not to derail your Skirball Center thing. Sorry. No, no, it's cool. Um, there was a, a lot of... It didn't focus as much on his life outside of his career, which I was okay with, um, but it did pick up basically how he got his start with uh, the arts, basically, and then how he focused in on puppetry and then his appearances on some of the early late night variety shows Mm -hmm. um, at a local level and then at a national level and how that eventually spun into the Muppets, which fun fact, the Muppets was produced in England. I did not know that. Huh? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, He shopped it to a bunch of American studios and nobody wanted to pick it up and then found a studio in the UK that was willing to, to take it on. And, did the production of it for all those years that it was on the air. Did you ever see, did, or did they have at the, um, the thing that one of the films, I can't remember the name. I'm going to try and remember the name of it while I'm saying this to you. Um, but he did some like experimental filmmaking. Did they talk about that there? They did talk about his experimental filmmaking. Time Yes, they showed, they had clips of timepiece playing um, in the exhibit. Yeah, and they also crazy. Yeah, it, uh, they, the, the two-minute clip they showed of it looked definitely experimental. They, they showed two minutes of it? Uh, two, two or three minutes, yeah. I wonder if that's a rights thing, because if, as far as I remember, timepiece is maybe like 15 minutes long. Oh. It's not a... It's like a, a short, I know that, yeah. Or anything, it's just like a... Anyway, yeah, that's cool. I'm glad they did yeah. that. Yeah, that it was, was trippy. He he also had um, an experimental nightclub that he was trying to get off the ground that never it never came to fruition. But it sounded just as as off the wall as timepiece was. What does experimental nightclub mean? It means we mm. just got a podcast title. I mean, but that'll work. <laughs> it was more of a sensory experience than your traditional nightclub. So the walls, none of the walls would be flat surfaces. They would all be um, textured shapes and he would project images and light onto both them and to the dancers that were hired for the club. Kind of like go-go dancer girls. Mm -hmm. And... It was, you know, it was as much to go and dance along with the music as it was to experience this almost performative art piece. Hmm. So a a fun house made to make you go crazy. Or like what a modern club looks like, which you would probably (laughs) consider to be maybe Maybe a little bit more like that. Yeah. Very cool. I did not know that about him. JJ, what did you get up to this weekend? Uh, I did, uh, I, I played some games, uh, but also, uh, my wife and I finally picked out, uh, a new couch for our living room. So we're, yeah, we, we've been talking about getting a sectional for a while. So we finally decided what we wanted and what we wanted to do and nailed down all the, the things we liked and didn't like and, and went in there and finally did it. So. Yay, but I mean, <laughs> still, 
hold on though because it's not there yet or anything. So. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's the that's an easy tie-in to start in our adulting minute. <laughs> I was just yeah. gonna say, yep, I, because that's that's like that's definitely a, shopping for couches. While at the end, very gratifying is maybe one of the more boring things to do. It was, you know, it, uh, and you know, it, it, she uses the room more than I do. You know, right. She's, um, but that doesn't mean that, like, you know, I don't have opinions about how I want it to look or, you know, I I agree that the furniture that's there currently doesn't fit our needs and doesn't do what we want. So let's get something else. But then, like, you know, do we like the curtains that are there or should we get different ones? Or do we like the rugs? Should we get a different one? Should oh, we get no. a new table or, like, all this? <laughs> you know, like, what's the, you know, how does you the room You just have to redesign look? the whole room. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. redo the whole room, of course. And that's what the, you know, like, uh, the people at the furniture stores or whatever want to pitch you oh here's a new we can get you a new table an end table and a lamp and all this it's in your budget wow um of course it is mm-hmm. um but you know in the end we knew we just really wanted really wanted to get a couch and like maybe a rug we we're and so you know we 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 did that uh and now it's a question of figuring out who to donate the ones we have to we have currently two wait i don't know English is hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, where where to donate the current furniture and stuff that we have, and then what to do uh, while we wait. What did you? Uh, where did you sign? Because this might be interesting info for people. I've done d- furniture donation before, and and it's across mm-hmm. the board very hit and miss on who accepts what. Where where did you land on a couch and all this other stuff? Because maybe it'll help somebody else out there that not go through yeah, hours of so- research. Uh, places that, uh, we know take them, but I, I don't know necessarily all the process yet. We haven't really gone that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wounded Warrior Project, I know, will accept furniture. That's a uh, great cause. Yeah. I don't know what their conditions are or anything. You know, a lot of the charities, because there's so much just like complete garbage out there, may just not accept certain kinds of things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know the battered women's shelter of San Diego, uh, accepts this kind of stuff. Uh, and I know goodwill does too, but I'm not sure how and to what level it may be that you have to take the stuff to goodwill, uh, rather than some places will come and pick it up. Um, all, I think almost all of them will not move it for you, but if it was, it happened to be outside, for instance, you know, they would come by and grab it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So we need to figure out how we're going to do that. Um, those are the only places we've really investigated at this point. Um, but I'm sure there's tons of other ones uh, that accept this kind of stuff. Because, like, some the couple, the couch and the chair I have are kind of old and ratty. I don't really, like, I would feel bad trying to sell them to someone on Craigslist. Not that they're, like, not fine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't need the 50 bucks or whatever. They're going to go it's for It's not going to be worth max. the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'll deal with offers. Oh, I'll give you 10 bucks or I'll trade you this, like stack of pogs or whatever <laughs> <laughs> like i don't want to deal with that so just donate them you know get, take the tax right off or whatever the tax sometimes you day. really got to do that math too it, this is a crass thing to say but like sometimes it's worth the tax right off instead yeah so you know Which we'll see is maybe how it should be yeah yeah i mean you know the it, charitable giving is good in general um and we certainly don't want them and if someone else would use it great you know, so, uh, yeah, uh, I think the rug is going to be the harder one to get rid of cause it's really big and heavy 
and sheds, and I have no idea what we're going to do with it. Uh-uh. I don't need a rug. I wasn't offering it to you. <laughs> just, because I'm, I'm just getting you, out ahead of this. You have a dog that sheds enough. I don't think you need this rug also. No. Although well. maybe it would disguise the dog hair with the rug carpet, so I don't know. Ooh, anyway, something to think about. Anyway, what about you, Andrew? Uh, mm, the adulting minute. Uh, I found a new th- adult therapy session way to do like a like a personal cleansing dealing with the stress of adulting you mean so so oh man for all the people that have had to deal with because i know what michael's going to go into next okay when you get home from what michael had to deal with and you just really need to uh chillax for a minute Mm -hmm. i have found a new therapy for those of us that listen to we were gamers because i know all y'all this will apply go into your cabinet Find some sort of old piece of gaming equipment, get a screwdriver, lightly take it apart, and then clean it. Okay. Mm. I took, I bought, uh, I was in need of a new, or not new, but another Xbox 360 controller. So I would have two for playing um, games on the Steam Link, for for Mm. two-player games on the Steam Link, because... We went to play a game this past weekend, uh, the wife and I, and we said, oh, well, why don't we, I have some Lego games on Steam. Why don't we boot the, oh, wait, I only have one controller for the PC. I have two for our PlayStation, but so, um, went out and eBayed because Xbox 360s don't really exist anymore and old, uh, Andrew, I don't want to throw your plan off, but uh Steam has, uh uh-huh. Uh, integration yeah. with a bunch of controllers now, so it's uh-huh. possible you could have just plugged your like PS3 controller in yeah, and it yeah, would have yeah, worked. Yeah, yeah. But uh, oh, okay. this was cheap-ish to find an old... I like the Xbox 360 controller. It doesn't do wireless, controller. though, so... Yeah. yeah, oh, so I have a wireless adapter for 360... Th- maybe this helps the situation. My Steam Link has plugged into it a wireless adapter for 360 controllers. Ah, uh, okay, got that it. That changes things. Yeah. So yep. unless I go buy a PS4 controller with Bluetooth, um, I would need to accommodate some other system for my controller, and it's not worth it. For the, mm-hmm. I think it cost me $15 to get a wireless Xbox Transform, like the, the best version of the Xbox 360 controller that came with a rechargeable battery and a charging cable and all that stuff. So um, funny story uh, for those people that remember the Electricity Minute. 2.0 <laughs> uh this battery also needed to be jump started uh, yeah crazy right so uh we did a better job this time with nine volts getting it back up to code and uh charging again it was less much, daisy chaining well it was much faster this time that's, that's <laughs> for sure uh knew what i was doing and i had a voltimeter out and ready um having the tools is half the battle yeah Exactly. This controller I could see in the cracks was pretty dirty, so I just took it apart, and for some reason it was extremely therapeutic to just literally just try to do nothing else except sit here and get it nice and clean with alcohol and cotton swabs. And I suggest if you have an NES lying around or something else you haven't just you know used or cleaned in a while, maybe if you need to relax after say car trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about car trouble. Mm. Um. Because we, uh, we had a little bit of it yesterday. And oh, no. sit, sitting here thinking about it, 
Well, sitting here thinking about it, I'm actually just, it finally hit me. I'm really glad it didn't happen on Saturday when we were driving all the way up to the museum. Yeah, small victories. Yeah. Um, but the the group that I play with had a concert yesterday afternoon down in San Juan Capistrano, right around the corner from the mission. There's a nice little park with a, an outdoor stage. And we thought that um, it might be fun to go down early uh, spend some time walking through the mission. They have a, a nice little audio tour that you can walk yourself through and listen to some of the history. So we were on our way down there. We were within sight of the off-ramp for San Juan Capistrano, which is a, a relatively short drive from here. It's less than half an hour. And so I was getting out of the carpool lane, moving over, moving over, stepped on the accelerator, Nothing happened. Just coasting. Mm. Uh-oh. Stepped on it a couple more times. Still nothing happening. So drifted all the way over. Um, fortunately, traffic wasn't too bad. Um, got to the shoulder, threw on the hazards, and called AAA. So we waited for the tow truck guy to show up. Um, told him what was happening. And his his gut reaction was the last thing you wanted to hear, which was, it sounds like it might be the transmission. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Yeah, yeah, bad news bear. So, you know, panic mode kicks into high gear. We're seeing dollar signs um, start to rack up. So compounding this whole problem is the fact that it's Sunday and guess what are all closed on Sundays yeah auto shops yeah yep all of them whole nine yards so he towed us back to the I have a Honda CRV he towed us back to the nearest Honda dealership which fortunately wasn't too far up the road and uh, I went through the paperwork to do a key drop how old is it it's a 2011, so it is about eight years old. Okay. Uh, not a, just not over, outrageous. No, just over 100,000 miles on it. For so, a flight. Yeah. I mean, if you take good care of them, they'll run pretty much forever. Or into the ground, you know. <laughs> um, so, went back this morning, got their first thing, got all the paperwork filed... Um, they, you know, were supposed to call me as soon as they knew something. So I got a call from them probably mid morning and it was fortunately not the transmission. It was the throttle body. So the intake. Yes. So the throttle body regulates air intake into your engine in response to pressing down on the gas pedal. (laughs) Yep. Sounds like. No air was going in, so the engine was just like, I don't know what to do here, man. Right. So the engine was just, it was running on the air and fuel that it was, you know, it was stuck at, which was just enough to to keep it moving. Um, So they gave me a price. They're ordering a part. It should be there tomorrow morning, and I should have my car back tomorrow afternoon. Wow. Well, yeah. well, and in the in the meantime, they gave me a uh, a sweet Honda Odyssey minivan loaner, so I'm I'm getting my soccer mom on. Look, hold on. Hey, sometimes the mobile living room is worth it. 
I kind of wish I could sit in the back seat while I was driving and just throw in a DVD. Because <laughs> it does have the, the DVD player. There's no self-driving feature in that car, so I would recommend against it. Yeah, sadly not. Um, also, you know, I, I just hope what happens to you is not what happened to me in my experience at the dealer last week. So. Okay. Oh, do we have your car back? This is a good yeah, question. I, I do have my car back now, yeah. Um, okay, good. Yeah, so, you know, it was just, uh, I got it back on the day they, they ordained, which was, I think, the day the podcast went up last week. So. Right. Yeah. Nice. But, yeah, I do want to. I do want to give a, a shout out to the lady at the uh, the Avis budget rental car that was around the corner from the Honda dealership, because they had been um, contrary to what Google told you, Andy, and us. They had been closed for two hours, oh. and she was nice enough to open the doors for us and manually rent us out uh, the last the last car that they had. Well, so see, that we some weren't are just meant totally to be. stranded. Yeah. So super nice. Thank you, budget lady. <laughs> Saved yeah. our afternoon. We got to the concert on time. Oh, that's all's well that ends well, I guess. Yeah. Nice. That's very nice. Is it time to move on to gaming? I think it's time to move on to gaming. I think that's enough adulting. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. Again, go clean an old controller. It'll make you feel better. Or, or... This isn't gaming. This is nerdy. You could build Legos instead. That could help you. Hey, building Legos is fun. I do find that to be soothing. I have a long story about why I went down a Lego click hole. Do, are, you, are you interested in this? I mean, I like click holes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not not interested. I like Legos. Okay. I have been really curious about this Lego Voltron since hearing about it a little bit and i've talked about it a little bit on the podcast and i am having a hard time not breaking down and purchasing it but um staring at it and the news about it and the reviews on it uh has led me down multiple avenues of click hole deepery first it was gundams and i was like this is cool what other gundam legos have been made out there and then that you know leads down the like lego click hole of looking for a bunch of stuff and then uh, you're finding things like, you know, Gypsy Danger made out of Legos and a whole bunch uh, of other things. I thought you were going to say you got into, like, Gunpla all of a sudden and were, like, <laughs> buying masterwork crafted <laughs> Gunpla so you could build your sweet Gundams or whatever. You know what? Uh, I did Gunpla back in high school. You should remember this. <laughs> I, I do sort of remember, yeah. So I've, I thankfully have already been pre-inoculated. I got that shot when I was younger uh, and you do not need a booster. It definitely <laughs> stays with you the rest of your life that you do not want to build those again. Are you sure though? They seem kind of cool. Maybe they're cooler okay. than when I got it. I don't know. Sorry. I'm derailing the Re- conversation. Resist. This resist. is the whole idea of this type of podcast is you're supposed to derail it. <laughs> um, you know, so the Lego click hole of, been hitting the Lego Ideas site and seeing what's coming out and what people are interested in. That's finding a great site. out if you know RX seventy nine Gundams exist in Lego or how to make them if they don't. <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, and to cure myself for the time being, which probably will end up backfiring, I watched that new Voltron series on Netflix. And um, it starts off like a kids' show, like you would expect. Um, 
but I would in in effort to compare it to something would compare it to Avatar: The Last Airbender. About the mid to end of the first season, the story gets a little bit serious and adult, and uh, not like adult in like a mature audiences only kind of way, but like adult as in there's stuff for adults there to watch, mm-hmm. um, and becomes kind of anime, very much Gundam Wing style. Uh, not in the nonsensical plot, but in the art. The art is really good. Uh, it's done by DreamWorks. Much better than I expected, considering many other DreamWorks shows for Netflix, like the um, the Dragon series and a bunch of other ones are kind of like uh, very Sunday morning, what have become Sunday morning cartoon uh, animated shows, which are kind of cheap and quick with static, blurry backgrounds, that sort of stuff. This is like really well penciled like an anime yeah man near the end of that first season it took a turn and now i kind of am into it and yeah this is backfiring i'm gonna get that lego gundam i think so (laughs) this is uh this is voltron legendary defender right that show that's on netflix yes so i have seen that first season a while back and i keep meaning to go back and watch more of it and then i find out there's like been six seasons since i watched that first one yes they are starting the seventh season in august and i realize that i have that's too many seasons. I can't catch up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're only 20 minutes or something like that. It's a lot of, of TV to watch, though, for a person who watches very little TV like me. Uh, take a long time. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a lot of TV. I'm mid-second season. I'm hoping that at the end of the second season, they don't do the thing where... The bad guy keeps escaping forever because I can't watch six seasons of that anymore. I'm not that young. Um, so hopefully it doesn't follow that track of like Nickelodeon show style, you know, uh, previous versions of this type of show. The big bad not getting resolved is also very anime. So true. Unfortunately. Yeah, that was a weird hole to go down, I, and it was all over the place, and I just had to, I guess well, I know, just had Andrew, to say I finally watched the Voltron series, and it's good so hey, far. Hey, I mean, great. I watched <laughs> that first season, and I heartily recommend that show to people who want that stuff, because it's good. But Legos sure. are cool, too, also, is what my point of this story. And Gundams. Yeah, We need Andrew, Lego you, Gundams as well. <laughs> you know, if you really just want to watch Gundams, Crunchyroll has a lot of Gundam on there that you could just what? watch. Is that a subscription for Crunchyroll? No, I mean, they have ads, so no. Oh, yes, there is a subscription, but you could just watch ads and then not. You can watch Gundam for free? I mean, there's Gundam on there. I could do that. Yeah, it's not going to be, like, great quality for no dollars, but, you know. I don't need to be so, good quality. All I need there. is Stompy They have Gundam Max. Wing. If you want to watch Gundam Wing, it's there. I'd rather I watch... why you would want to do that. Do we all have a... a <laughs> have we all watched Gundam here? Just to get off completely off topic. Yeah. So, yeah. Does anyone a long time, a, but do do you have a favorite or no? Uh I think somehow I think the one that I have watched the most of was Gundam Wing and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um I wouldn't call it my favorite. Probably like 08th MS Team. Oh, probably. so good. That's was that probably was going to be mine. My, the one that I've I like the best. Yeah, that was gonna be mine. Oh wait, the mess team's so good. I'm done. Uh, some 
pretty rad stuff went on this weekend in the gaming world. The Evolution Fighting Game Championships was this past weekend. Okay, so that has a acronym that people will probably know better than the Evolution Fighting Game Championships. It's Evolution. That's the name of it. All right, Evo 2018. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about Gundam uh, Seed? That was good. I'm joking. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh. Uh, so that was this past weekend. Uh, did either of you guys catch much of the streams? I watched a little bit of, um, sorry, I watched a little bit of Smash, but not a ton. Okay. And then I watched um, the top eight, although I haven't quite finished the final, of the Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh God, Fighter Z, Fighters! It, it, I'm guessing yeah. you watched this one, JJ. I definitely watched Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. What a game! Okay, so uh, we'll set the stage here. I, Dragon Ball is the stuff I watched the most this weekend. Um, you know, I kind of had it on a second monitor all weekend, watching whatever sounded fun. But typically, that was Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball was the most entered game at Evo this year. So 2,500 competitors in a double elimination tournament, you know, with pools and some stuff like that, uh, essentially, you know, the, the highest entry I think they've had, uh, certainly for the first year for this game, obviously it's an amazing start. I don't know if it's the highest entry they've had all time for any game, but it's definitely up there. Uh, and this had more entrance than Street Fighter, which is the typically the anchor game, which gets, if not the most, close to the most. Uh, and I believe I saw being kicked around out there that the stream numbers were also the highest. Maybe not, like, that much higher than, than Melee or Street Fighter, but it was, it like, you know, a few thousand people more on Twitch anyway. And, of course, they broadcast a bunch of different stuff, so. Wow. The story of that game has been, you know, the 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 best players that have been playing for, you know, paying since the game came out, essentially Uh, the two that have been kind of everyone sort of had their eye on since the beginning of the game was this guy, Sonic Fox, who uh, is, it was dominant in uh, several different other fighting games like Mortal Kombat and uh, Injustice and Injustice 2 Um, relatively lesser played games, just like smaller communities. Um, but he was completely dominant in those games. Like he was easily the top person every time. Like he went to a tournament, he just got first place because he walked all over people. Um, so he started playing this game and sort of had seen some early success. And then there were some patches that changed his team, and so things are a little different. And they didn't know if he was going to be able to do his stuff again. Uh, but he had played against some Japanese players, uh, a guy specifically named Goichi, or I think G O One is his tag. If you're watching the stream, that's that's who Goichi is. Uh, and those two guys had played against each other several times before, uh, including one set where, you know, late in the tournament, it seemed like Goichi had sort of figured him out completely and sort of wiped the floor with Sonic Fox. Oh, because one is Ichi in Japanese. There you go. There you go. Uh, I didn't want to explain it, but thank you. Uh, and the and coming into this tournament, those were kind of like, two of the big people that people had been watching. But in a field of 2,500 people, it's very possible that they lose in some match off stream that no one sees and you have no idea what happens to them and just there's eight random people in the top eight. 
because the top eight is the only thing that you that gets the big big numbers on sunday right because there's only one stream instead of like five different ones going at the same time and lo and behold there are sonic fox and goichi in winners of top eight at the start you know uh and wow i cannot talk enough great stuff about how exciting that top eight was i don't want to spoil the result for michael here who hasn't seen it um but everyone should go watch that top eight. It's not that long, especially if you skip through all the in between time or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's it goes fast if you if you just sort of go to YouTube and drag to the next fight right after the yeah. one you're watching ends. So is this the new Evo Anchor game? I don't know if they will do that or not. Uh, certainly, uh, Street Fighter has been anchoring Evo since Evo has existed. So I don't know that they would be willing to give that that position up just because there were more entrants this year i mean smash has had more entrants than street fighter in previous years so you know we'll see if it can sustain uh the this the stuff that it built but man those games this year were unbelievably good just some really really crazy stuff that happened it's amazing to me that that continues to have traction i thought that that was going to be a like every dragon ball game big gone well, and that's the really impressive thing about the game is that the game is good. Not just that, like, it's a Dragon Ball game, so people like it, but it's a Dragon Ball game, and actually it's also, like, a really good fighting game at the yeah. same time. Um, and the players seem to really love it, and it is, I think it is really fun to watch. Um, it kind of has that Marvel uh, thing where it's a three-on-three tag team stuff, so there's a lot of combos and stuff blowing up on the screen all the time. But then, like, the stuff that's blowing up on the screen all the time is, like, Goku doing a Kamehameha or, like, Vegeta doing his final flash or whatever. The stuff that you know from watching Dragon Ball. So, it's it's pretty cool. I And I, I cannot stress how hyped those games were in Top 8. People should go watch them. It might also be uh, easier to watch than something like Overwatch for, for streamers or for people watching streams. You know, it, it, fighting games are inherently a little easier to follow because, hey, the guys whose life bars run out loses. You always have that meter, meter of like, hey, are all his life bars gone or are most of his characters dead? Okay, he's losing. Like, it's easy to figure that out. With Overwatch, it's a little bit more complicated, I feel. Certainly, you're not going to get, like, the nuanced, deep opinions or whatever. Um, but the commentators make it pretty fun, so I think it's uh, it's a good time, and I certainly had a fun time watching it for sure. The Dragon Ball Fighter Z commentators are hilarious. Shout out to IFC Yipes, who I assume is the guy you're talking about. Uh, yes, he's the best. He's been <laughs> doing that since CVS two, uh, and is really really good. He loves those games, and uh, you can really tell with. the the stuff he comes up with. I think the other guy was uh, Sajam, I think, on the stream. I heard the in-house commentators, if you were listening in the arena, were different than the ones on the stream, so I'm not sure who was where. Okay. Oh, interesting. But, hmm. but anyway, I know for sure Yipes was on the stream because I remember him. <laughs> nice. He just got so, he got so hype about everything, and it was amazing. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah, no. in the best he, way. Yeah, you can tell he loves the game and and just loves to talk about it and and experience it. So that's awesome. All right, so we're we're done. We're done watching. I've watched too much Voltron. You guys watched a lot of Evo. What have we been playing? So for me, there hasn't been a ton of playing time uh, with company yeah, in town. You know, but I did spend, manage what, how many hours to... on the freeway trying to 
<laughs> yeah, fortunately we were we weren't sitting there for too too long. Sorry. Anyway, um, but I did manage to finish the final game in the the Room series of games that I have been playing, the Room Escapes. Oh yeah. And the last game was really good. It was it was different than the first three games, um, which was a nice change. Uh, as much as I had enjoyed the previous three games, this game takes place in a single room. You are in the attic of a house, and there is a giant dollhouse that has something sealed inside of it, and you have to break the different pieces of the seal um, to get at what's hidden inside. And you do that by interacting with eight or nine different rooms of the dollhouse itself. And so there's a lot more moving back and forth between the rooms and figuring out how the different things you're picking up interact with each other. And there are pieces missing from the dollhouse that you collect throughout the game. And when you put them back into their proper place, new rooms open up or new pieces of the the dollhouse move for you to interact with. Um, So there was a there was more of a sense of motion in this game than there had been in some of the previous ones. Kind of like a Mistian thing where like you do something in one place and you have to go check the other places to see how stuff moved. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times you would get, uh, you would get a piece of something and if you'd been paying careful attention, you'd, you'd be able to recognize, Oh, the, the shape on the back of, this weird gear that I got lines up with this other puzzle that I saw in a different room that was missing a piece. And so you'd, you'd have to sort of figure out, okay, this is what I have. These are the, the rooms that are open to me. Where does this go? And how does that change what I can interact with? Cool. Huh. Yeah. So definitely, Definitely recommend the whole series. Uh, it is it was really good. This game I could tell was a little more processor intensive <laughs> because it was it was pushing the limits of what my little tablet could do. Nice. It got a little hot in the hand, huh? Yeah, I was gonna say the uh, it didn't uh, it didn't anyone. no it didn't get too hot, but it definitely there were a couple of times where the the video lagged the audio. That's not what you want. No. no. Well, I can tell tell you sometimes what you do want though is to be a gangster in japan and punch people okay a lot do we want that because we were worried about how japan the gangster is very japan good bad indifferent so i will say that uh i played uh yakuza zero uh this feels like playing a crime movie nice uh, Okay. So nice. are you Ray Liotta or are you uh, kind of Dan- Robert De Niro? Uh, yeah, I, well, so, you know, you're kind of low on the totem pole in the family, uh, as they call it. Uh, so you kind of have to do what your higher ups, your, your brothers and your, the lieutenants and the captains in the families say, uh, and some stuff goes down. Uh, you get framed for a murder. Uh, which is a big deal in Japan because uh, murders don't happen that frequently. And also there was a gun involved, which is a double big deal because there are not guns in Japan. Meaning the police are after you. 
Yeah. Obviously, you know, the the Yakuza have people in the police, so, you know, they can keep the heat off you for some amount of time. But, you know, it's... They frame you were framed for doing this. Uh, you know, you you had gone to the. Uh, this is not really spoilers because this is literally happens in the first ten minutes of the game. Uh, <laughs> you go and uh, beat up a guy who was taking out loans, as you do as a as a gangster. Sure, uh, got got to collect, uh, and uh, you leave this guy in this you know this little lot uh, where you beat him up and walk away, and then he's found there dead the next day. With a gunshot to the face, and you did not have a gun, so you know it's a frame. Uh, and now you're trying to figure out who did it. Was you know, is there a conspiracy going on here? Well, why did it happen there? What's going on? You know, who is the person who hired you? All this stuff. Uh, and along the way, you get to live your life in the '80s in Japan, this area they call Kamurocho, which you know I think is meant to be a take on certain districts in Tokyo. Um. And, you know, you can play Mahjong or Shogi and race little uh, slot cars, go bowling, uh, just eat at every single food restaurant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it just it kind of like it's almost like kind of a lifestyle simulator as it as much as it is an open world game. Uh, and man, it's really cool, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I- I've gotten a bit further in the game. Uh and at some point you unlock uh, the ability to become a real estate agent um, and you can start buying up property and stuff. And every time you buy property, you, you know, it's like, Oh, this is like X million yen or whatever. And you basically walk up with a giant briefcase and open it. It's like, I'm making you an offer in cash. And you just like (laughs) hold a giant briefcase full of money at the building. uh, And then, you know, now you own it. Uh, the eighties were wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm really enjoying this game so far. Uh, there's a, and, uh, the PC port seems pretty good. I have heard, uh, reports from people that the, uh, it doesn't, it has some issues starting up on certain systems. I don't have any experience with that. Um, but I mean, it's running at like over a hundred frames per second on my monitor. 99% of the time. Like I think the frame cap is 240. uh, and it hits that sometimes so i artificially limited it lower just to keep it from burning extra cycles doing that because i don't need 240 that's not necessary um and it just looks really good uh and it's fun just running around and like you know walking through the streets and bump into some guy and he gets mad at you for bumping into him and so now you have to fight right like that's i mean that's you how it goes fight. when you're a gangster yeah you can't let some random dude bump into you he has to catch some hands now, so you got to, oh, no. you know, got him over turf. That's right, man. He's on your family's turf. You got to take that traffic cone and hit him in the face with it really hard <laughs> or suplex him <laughs> or sometimes grab one of those signs that are out in front of buildings and just like knock his head off. His head doesn't actually come off, but he like goes flying like it's a cartoon. It's pretty funny. I, we don't, I really we don't am violence of video games. No, no, it, it is silly violence. And like, like to the point where like the the various fighting styles that you can switch between kind of have their own thing you know one is a, like a fast quick strikes kind of a thing and almost like you know Muhammad Ali like sting like a you know float like a butterfly sting like a bee and then there's a one that's basically dedicated to like doing silly wrestling moves on people and stuff <laughs> or you can literally suplex people and stuff mm-hmm. uh and man it is just 
there's just so many moving parts and, and silly things you can do. Uh, you know, and, yeah. And there's this main story you can go through and like, there are cutscenes that are really long. Like I sat for 10 minutes watching the story unfold, you know, um, it is all in Japanese. I guess there's no, uh, English voice acting. Uh, it's all translated in the, you know, the subtitles and the text below, but so it's all, all Japanese really, you know, just no English voice at all. Um, except for the parts where the Japanese is also English. Cause that happens a lot too. <laughs> yep. Karaoke is really fun. You guys, <laughs> you can play karaoke in this game. It's like a, it's like a rhythm game kind of thing. Like press the buttons in time with the music and stuff. And like, meanwhile, behind the like hard rhythm game you are playing, the guy is like rocking out on the microphone, and then it kind of does like a fantasy wipe into like him being on the stage, like with uh, biker tattoos and like a huge leather jacket and a huge guitar, and like playing along with the music. It's very silly. Everything you it. hoped it would be. It's very very fun so far. Yeah. Nice. I want to hear if another game lived up to our medium expectations michael did you try magic andy i did i did for the first time ever play a couple of games of magic and it was um so the tutorial was good <laughs> i liked the tutorial um <laughs> where this is going but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, you know, the the tutorial is set up very well for someone who has never played, like has no background in it. It, it starts you out and it, sure, it doesn't explain everything that's going on because there's a ton of moving parts, but you, you sort of get the hang of it quickly enough. Um, and they, through those first five tutorial fights, they sort of introduce... A concept or two that's new in each one and the cards that you're playing out of your deck grow a little bit each time and so you feel like you're you know sort of incrementally learning some of the the basics of the back and forth of combat and then you finish that last one and you get your your big treasure chest full of loot and then they throw you in the deep end Welcome to full magic. Here is every card that has ever existed and all the like other people who have played this game for forever. And basically that was where I stopped <laughs> because I didn't at that point, I didn't even know how to go. Cause the first thing I did was to click on the now much maligned decks tab. Oh, and yeah. there's, yeah. there's no kind of instruction on, they, you know, they give you a brief one-sentence description of what each color deck um, is is strong in, but there's no sort of help in, this is how a deck is crafted, and this is how many lands you need versus how many creatures you need, and here's how decks interact with each other, and... <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand um, that play tab either, where you just, like, you're dropped onto that main screen, and then you look at the play tab, and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll try to play. And then 
there's all the boats and there's no description of the boat. You know what I mean? So and they they set you up really poor, really well. They set you up really well for disappointment because in the <laughs> tutorial <laughs> there are a lot of things that you can mouse over and they give you descriptions of oh this is what this car does or this is what yeah, where do those go? This part of the yeah where are those inside the game client? I'd love to have had one of those for you know the different colors of decks in the deck tab so to be fair once you get back into an actual game and you have cards in front of you those helpful things exist again so if you have a card in your hand and you mouse over it it'll show up on your screen and you can see oh this is what vigilance does or this is what lifelink does or this is what uh, you know, first strike does that kind of stuff. But sure. again, but you know is, when those you know when those descriptions would be really useful. Yeah, when you're trying to <laughs> put the cards in your deck because you don't know what they do. I yeah. agree. They have <laughs> their deck. Andrew and I belabored this point, I think, for quite a while on the last podcast. And yeah, their deck builder is troubled, at the least. It's yeah. pretty bad. Like, and I understand that at some point. You, you kind of have to let a beta be a beta, right? You got to throw everything out there to see what doesn't work. But you got to help people at least a little bit who are new to this or they're not going to stick with it long enough to try the game when it actually comes out. I think, unfortunately, there's enough people don't use the deck builder in the actual client because they have an import feature and if you get the cards listed in such a specific way or whatever you can click import deck or whatever i really hope and it will they're just not relying on that deck for you that sucks and yeah that sucks super bad right because you go to popular website x or whatever that lists a bunch of magic decks you can import the popular one and if you have the cards it auto populates them or shows you which ones you're missing and that's lame because number one you should be able to build stuff inside the client and Number two, like that's not really the way you – if someone who doesn't know – if you're trying to bring new people into the thing that have not played Paper Magic or whatever, they're not going to know about these other places. So, yeah, they really need to improve the experience of building decks and stuff inside the client, especially yeah. because a game like Magic is deep and there's a lot in there. There's you know 60 cards. You can do a lot with 60 cards, you know, and four copies of each or less. You know, what do you want to do? It's a – there's a there's a lot to go into there. I wish I wish there was a way visually maybe to re-engineer their deck builder to give you more of a flat view of your deck. Uh, right now they give you the like give you the what I'll call the Hearthstone tab on the side where you're kind of like looking at like the names of things and and um and that's okay, right? You know, it's like, oh, here's your mana curve and here's the names of the things and where they are in the list. And that's okay. But really for a lot of people that play Magic, especially with the huge card allotment, what I would rather have is maybe the ability to click out of that and into what I would call the deck building of, of the past, which was you sat down with your big box, right? And you pulled out every blue or green or whatever deck you were playing card that you thought was interesting i'm gonna play thalids i pulled out every thalid card and all my lands and all this other stuff and i laid it all out and there was 150 cards there and i stared at them 
and then saw the combos and started putting cards back in the box. So there is a second view in the deck builder. I don't know if you've tried it that moves the the cards from being a tab along the side to like a big thing in the middle of the screen across the bottom. Mm-hmm. So the cards are closer to full size art and stuff. And they're kind of like lumped into columns by mana cost. Right. And then the, the cards along the top, you can scroll around. I just think um, that they would be well served by creating a more manipulative deck builder than every other game out there. Right. Like have the mm-hmm. most, have the most like in depth view of a deck builder where you can feel like you're manipulating a paper deck somehow. And that might be, you know, a scrollable list or something. But, like, what we're looking at now is, like, a bastardized version of the Hearthstone one, and it does not work for magic. Yeah. There's, there are too many interactions and too many different, you know, keywords and triggers and stuff in magic for really you to, you need more tools. I don't know what those tools are. I mean, at a minimum, you need more ways to filter, right? There's a box at the top you can type in and type whatever word you want, and it tries to filter on that stuff. I don't think it's very good. It's like kind of 50-50 on whether it hits the stuff that you actually want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I can't say, like, sort and show me all of the cats, sort and show me all of the vampires, sort and show me all the knights or all the thalids or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, the thing- you can sort by color, yeah. you know, or you know whether i own or don't own it but you can't sort by set like what one of the things though that you end up with magic michael i don't know if you saw this in some of the things is that it's not like hearthstone where it's like your beasts get this your this you know your creatures get this a lot of the times it's like a, a tertiary involvement your tokens get plus one plus oh well that's a, like a subset of a subset of a subset right they're not just your creatures it's not just your your servos but it's your tokens right and so mm-hmm. knowing those types of interactions are kind of crazy and and like finding those types of cards is not something that a beginner does and they really need a way to point people to having the option to see all these these things that could help their deck somehow right because it's great to look up i'm going to build a thopter token deck Oh, Tezzert, by the way, is the yeah d- the planeswalker that I have two of. And man, did my deck win games when he was like if I got to nine, it was just like done. Yep, like I told you, right? They're very powerful. Uh, even his plus one was powerful. Like all of the abilities are powerful. <laughs> <laughs> but but okay, so you search Thopter, right? And you could find and make a sixty-card deck of people that just made or interacted directly with the word Thopter. That's not a good deck. <laughs> well, you really because half, yeah, what, half the Go cards ahead. you I need in there are cards that affect artifacts or affect tokens or effect, you know what I mean? Because Thopters are artifact creature tokens. Yeah. So, you know, the interactions you have to build are much bigger than that little side tab or some sort of scrolling through six cards at a time. And they need a bigger view to show you that. And and it's more along the lines of when you play a card that says it makes like a one one thopter token. Okay, well, I know what a thopter I I know whatever this token is, it's called a thopter. And I know that it's a token because it says the word token. How did you know it was an artifact? How did you know it was a creature? 
It doesn't say those words. You have to know by doing it, right? Or by or like reading the card by, that created it that said, create a 1-1 one, one artifact creature token thopter. You know what I mean? Right. But like sometimes it doesn't say that. It just says, create a 1-1 one, one thopter token. Right. And you're like, well, okay, but like, how do I know that's an artifact? Mm-hmm. How do I know that's a whatever? So you don't know to even search for those terms because, you know, once you go, oh, well, it's a token. Okay. Maybe I want to search for the word token. I have things that create tokens. Okay. Then you see a whole second class of cards, but then you don't realize the artifact connection and there's a whole bunch of cards that interact with those. It's a, the game is, has a lot of levels, like a lot, lot more levels than Hearthstone. And yeah, they're. Their building stuff is inadequate to keep up with the the layers that Magic has. All right. Well, we should leave it with only the thought that they also need to be able to let me play different colored, uh, different uh, art lands, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the art is like half the fun of playing these games because yeah. the stuff is very silly. Yeah. I think anyway. So, so. Michael will... Well, uh, anyway. So, I, Michael... Yeah. <laughs> Would you be up for trying it again when there's a, a play friends feature? Yeah, I I will definitely give it another chance. All right. Um just you know, knowing how how much the people who like the game say it is a great game when you really get into yep. it. I will give it another chance. All right. But well if people have other suggestions on how to fix the deck builder, where should they do that? Uh that's gonna be podcast at we were gamers dot com. Or magic the gathering arena.com yeah uh yeah i i don't know what there's support at mtg arena or wizards of the coast or something i don't know anyway yes please tell the people at wizards the things they need to fix about their game i'm sure they're not because not because we want them to do it now but because we want their game to be good right yeah also, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. No. Yeah, Instagram. Uh huh. Sure, we're on there, mm-hmm. and yep. um, we're served up on all the places that fine podcasts are sold. But they're not sold because this podcast is free. Uh, at We Were Gamers, it's real easy. Yeah, We Were Gamers dot com. Even yeah, a, you can it's go a website. there. That's a good place to go. Yeah. And uh, in the meantime, Michael, did you like any of the particular colors you played? Uh, I basically just played white because that was the tutorial. So did you like any of the ones I you played against? White. Um, ooh, what did I play against? I the last one. I think the last one was red and black. I think. Um, or red and, and was it red and it black? Was like multicolored because it was a dragon. I didn't. Spoilers. I didn't know enough to know. 